0: I, we're going to, I know last week we, uh, what were we talking about? Divide and conquer. So I thought I'd talk about this week, but Lloyd had something else he wanted me to talk about. I'm trying to be, as we talked about earlier today, um, just be obedient. Don't be so caught up in, you know, what we want to do. Make sure we're hearing from God. So today we're going to, um, we're going uh, to we'll talk about divine devotion. We're going to talk about divine devotion. And uh, what simulated this thought? I was listening to a Man of God, uh, Bishop Wellington Boone. Uh, he's actually a good friend of mine, spiritual father. Uh, Pastor Duncan has been to the church, and uh, he's. Uh, so he, he, last time, now I was I was given a little I don't know exhortive inspiration word when I was at the church, and he came up to me and said he was from. Newark, He's from our hometown, so not sure. But uh, I just was led to listen to him. So, you know, there's people, different solid men of God I try to listen to. And he actually was talking about devotion. And it uh, really stirred me up, together with some things that we talked about this week. So, so let's go to Romans 1. Uh, we had a powerful fast week. We normally have everybody here that taught a fast week. I don't think we have everybody here. We have a couple of people. Pastor Mal. The, uh, the mere Amelia, huh? We have everybody with Isaac and Stack okay. Uh, but uh, everybody did a powerful job. Fast week is a wonderful time at our church. Where we you know, we have service every day, but it's powerful. And yeah, you know, I, I don't share during the week, but it's you know, just see how people connect together and hearing from God and I, was, I tell my wife this all the time I say you know I said as a as a family we only gonna go for so far like like even if we you know we ain't really on how we supposed to be operating we can only go for so far because once a quarter it's fast week. <laughs> you know we get a good reset once a quarter for those that are um fasting and not eating uh chicken wings you know what's those things uh I may have, what's those things here? Tacos? Yeah. <laughs> those of us who are not eating tacos. Fast. And, oh, wait, wait. What is it? Uh, Fritters and Little Debbie's? <laughs> yeah. Thought, thought I was going to let you go, right? <laughs> Fritters and Little Debbie's. All right. So, But uh, to, to commend you guys, you, you have been here getting to work. You fasted in your own way, you know. All right, so let's go to Romans one, and we'll uh, we'll hit verse eighteen, and walk through some things. Kind of highlighted by by um, by excuse me one second by Robert, yeah, thank you. Hopefully this doesn't interfere with my signal, but. <laughs> But uh, I wanted to read this out of the message. I'm going to read it out of King James, and then I'll read it out of the message. Verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, against all ungodliness, and unrighteousness of men. It says, Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Basically, their, 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 uh, not allowing the truth to manifest because of unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. This is for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, Robert highlighted this this week, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal God, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. This is because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, being be, uh, but became vain in their imaginations. We talked about vanity in the Master Life class, and their and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Look and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image of, of made like to corruptible man, to birds. The four-footed beasts into creepy things. So, just uh, bear with me one second here, and let's read this out of the message. Should have already had this. Long week. Long week. Uh let's see. I like four Bible apps. One, you know how the message is, you gotta read the whole thing to get to looking for it. So give me a second here. All right. So, so the topic here is ignoring God leads, ignoring God leads to a downward spiral. That's what it says for the message. Ignoring God leads to a downward spiral. It says, but God's angry displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulate, as people try to put a shroud over truth. but well, the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long, thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can not see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. We talked about that earlier today. They, they pretended to know it all. Robert highlighted that. They became know-it-alls, but were illiterate regarding life. They traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you can buy at any roadside stand. So, so, so this is saying that if we, if we maintain, (laughs) if we, if we may, thank you. If we maintain our, uh, our focus on God, we maintain our our focus for life, right? And, um, and I, and 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 so there's another thing. Isaac was talking about uh, uh generational curses uh this week and he was talking about how you know there were four generations that was curses. But the scripture says God visiting visiting the sins of the father into the fourth generation. So he broke down the four generations of uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Right, <laughs> okay. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and uh, he broke it down. But he broke it down how each of them was tempted. So there was, there was four temptations that Joseph went to to redeem the four generations. Right? Just, just, just uh, work with me here for a second, Just a few minutes. All right. So, so when I thought about it, I said how could joseph uh, have uh how could i put it okay so you had was abraham who was really to be honest it really started with abraham's father but but as far as abraham who compromised and said no that's not my wife that's my sister then you had isaac who compromised and they all ended up in egypt but they were supposed to be going to canaan the whole time the promised land the whole time and they compromised and went off to Egypt which is the land of bondage. And so, so a- Abraham fell under the pressure. Isaac fell under the pressure. We know Jacob was a trickster, so we know he fell under the pressure. But Joseph didn't fall under the pressure. So Joseph had a f- quite a few opportunities when his brothers sold him. Well, first they was trying to kill him. They put him in a pit. Then they sold him to slavery. Then uh, he got, he rose up. No, he rose up uh, as the top slave, but then he got uh, put in prison, uh, was accused of rape. He, he didn't rape nobody. And then while he was in prison, he interpreted dreams. One guy, because of the dream, he got, get out. He said, well, just don't forget me. Talk to the pharaoh about me, man. I mean, he ain't even really do nothing. And he forgot about him. But each level he could have, he could have compromised. Even when, when the young lady tried to get him to have sex, the wife tried to get him to have sex, he said, he didn't say. I can't do this. You know, my master, he said, I can't sin against heaven. If you read the scripture, what what I'm saying is something about Joseph was different to resist temptation and high level temptation. What was different about Joseph is he was devoted. He was devoted, right? What was different? He was devoted. Uh, As said says something uh, this week, I think he was responding to somebody else teaching. You guys may know who was teaching, but he said, uh, (laughs) I thought it was sweet. It's basic as simple. He says, um, whoever was talking was just talking about staying locked in and stay focused. So he said, if you have a football and you're running to a touchdown, he said, you can't take a break, sit down, get water, pick up the football, back up and go back and run the touchdown. So he's saying is like so 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 picture a football game. You running, you know, then you don't broke these tackles, and you know, you when you watch the game, you hoping your guy get it in the end zone, right? So he running and and and, and halfway now he's out ahead of everybody. He stops, goes to the sidelines, sit the football down, get something to drink, pick the football back up, get back on the field to run. What he was saying is, no, once you're locked in on that goal. You got to run that thing out. You can't just be stopping taking breaks. But what his, even nine years old, his whole point was that makes no sense. Why are you stopping to take a break and you haven't reached your goal? So why are you doing anything less than being devout? Which we'll get into in a second, right? I thought about that. Thank you, uh, Zamir. Shout out to you. You know, just let you know I'm paying attention, man. I'm paying attention. Right, so, so uh, Pastor Mel, she said something this week. So let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4. Again, we're talking about uh, divine devotion, divine devotion. I think it's going to shift us or equip us or prepare us or position us for what's coming for us. All right, so second Timothy 4, seven it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So, 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 and that might've been his response to Pastor Mel, but look, look, because Pastor Mel was talking about, there's a lot of fights, but this, he's talking about a good fight. Some of us are getting dragged into fights that aren't good fights, right? They're really trying to stop you from, stand on course, right? Which we talked about deceptive pressure yesterday with God talk and what we talked about in discipleship class. earlier. So it says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I want to highlight the word my. I finished my course. And then it says, I've kept the faith. The scripture says, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith? Right? So he says, I kept the faith. And I know, you know, we've taught here faith is an enduring belief. It's not faith moments, but a faith life. So faith is, you can have faith today, but your faith is going to be tried and tested. First Peter uh, talks about the the trying of your faith, right? So your faith is going to be tried and tested. So you got to, you're going to have a situation. Guess what? I'm faithful. I'm faithful. Okay. No problem. You only have to tell us. You're going to have to, you'll have an opportunity to show your faith, right? You'll have an opportunity to apply your faithful. And and most of the time, Z, it's in a unfaithful, it's, it's a, uh, Seemed like an insurmountable situation, right? It seemed like you're pressed on every side and you're crushed. It seemed like you're going to be destroyed. Who? guess what? It's unfair. You got played. Bait and switch, as Isaac was talking about this week. That's, when else would you use faith? When everything is lined up the way you thought it would be? You don't need faith. Why would, like, why did God give us this measure of faith? because we're gonna need it to get through, to stay devoted to our course. See, all the stuff happening around is trying to pull you into other people's courses. We talked about this in a Master Life class, how you have the uh, 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 philosophies and vain deceits, the rudiments of this world. And we talked about how Satan tries to, Satan tries to, he uses your, the flesh on individuals to get them off course. He uses the world or so, or to get society off course, right? And so, so what he tries, he tries to get us off course because we have a race we want to run. And all these systems, when the scripture says, casting out all imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, the obedience of Christ Jesus. Well, systems are thoughts and ideas. So the world systems are thoughts and ideas and, and uh, whether it's education, whether it's family values, we talked about religion, we talked about all these things earlier today. Well, all those things are, are set up to break you down, to compromise your course, to get you to, to conform, not transform, right? And so we talked about how everything has been set up to get you off course. But what I, what I realized is if you can get locked in, it's hard to move you. It's hard to move you. So, so I look at this couple here. You guys been married for how long? Uh Uh-oh. Okay, give give us a second. All right, 26 in October. (laughs) Just took a little, you know, all right, but okay. Do you know what it takes to be married 26 years? Yeah, uh, uh, so, so, uh, uh Trina was breaking down on the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> you know, patience, love. Uh, so, uh, we're going into our 28th in August. You know. So, but well, I'm gonna tell you what it, uh, it takes. You said, you said patience, love. You know, you probably was gonna go through all the fruits, <laughs> but it does. It takes a lot. It takes. It does take all the fruits of the spirit. But, but the reality is. You got to be devout. You got to be committed. See, see, that's what happens. People come in trying marriage, trying dreams, trying ministry, trying church. Well, you ain't committed. You know what try means? I'm going to see if this is going to work out. So that means it's an option that you about to go. But the thing is, the thing is, about a solid relationship, you, because we talk about this all the time, you marry married by faith and you grow in love. So once God says, that's my wife, he's not saying, well, that's your wife. But if there's any circumstances, if you have an argument, if there's a misunderstanding, if, if she does something that you wouldn't do, she says something that you don't like, okay, now we need to rethink this thing. What God is saying is, hey, that's your wife. Now, I've given you what it takes, you say love, patience, I've given you what it takes to apply as you devote yourself to this relationship. In the midst of everything coming at you, right? In your mind, when no one, when you're driving, you get, your thoughts got to be right. After the argument, you got to be go, getting in the car going, okay, Lord, what do I need to do different? Not, oh, she done lost her mind. What you need to do is get her together. Well, let me pray for her. No, you got to, there's something in you that says, I'm devoted and committed to giving myself to this. Uh, same thing in the kingdom of God. I'm devoted and I'm committing myself. Same, th- same thing that what God purposed you to do. If you just keep, every other day, you don't change what your focus is. Because you're trying stuff. <laughs> you ain't you you haven't found what you're devoted to. And, and you can't. You're not going to get the benefits of devotion when you're uncommitted. You can't get the benefit. Like, like. it's just like the relationship. I'm not going to get the benefits of my wife if I'm not all in. Ain't that right, Z? <laughs> Let's go to Exodus. Exodus 33. Uh, We, uh, I don't want to skip. I'll talk about. We talked about earlier, but I'm sure, y'all y'all seeing how that scripture ties in? All right, so Exodus 33. We'll start here at verse seven. I'm reading out the King James version. It says, "And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it." Uh, without the camp, far from the afar from the camp, and he and he called it the tabernacle of the con- congregation. And it came to pass, look, that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation. He went to church, uh, which was without the camp. It was separate from the world, from from family and from friends and from familiarity. It wasn't set up in the midst of of. All the systems that we talked about it was set up away. it was something outside of that right it says and uh, verse eight it says, and it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. It says it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle the cloudy the the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. That represents the presence of God. And the Lord talked with Moses. Ain't that a, wasn't, ain't that wonderful? The Lord talked with Moses. It says, And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. So it's like Moses has a relationship with God. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. So because they saw the, the his connection to God, It moved them to worship because basically by watching Moses' interaction, God's real to them. They saw the presence and power of God. God's real to them. You know, that's how you uh, get people to get locked in. Verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses, look, face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. So, so Joshua, even when Moses was finished talking to God, he's like, oh no, I'm staying locked up in here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm staying locked up in this presence. So, so, so this is the person that at this particular time is serving Moses. He's a servant. Moses is devout pressing in. Joshua is being faithful another man. He's taking it to a whole nother level. He was like, is that what it takes to go to another level? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to stay here even longer. And we know what happened when when Moses transitioned, Joshua ended up leading everybody, right? Joshua saw things Moses never saw. (laughs) I don't know if y'all got that, but I slipped it in. All right, verse 12. It says that Moses said unto the Lord, see thou, uh, see thou, saith unto me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Uh, yet thou hast said he word, I know thee by name, thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, this is Moses talking to God now. If I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. So now this is, this is God's already telling him who he is and what he's going to do. But but you know how we are. We're like, okay, I, I don't believe that. So he's like, okay, sh- I need you to, to to show me some stuff so I know that I know that I know. Right? And and so then, he's, and, and he said unto him, if thy presence go, now he already said my presence is going to go with you. <laughs> right? says, my presence going to go with you, I'm going to give you rest. He said, now, now, okay. Okay. If your presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Well, I don't want to go. I'm just saying, you're saying your presence is going to be with me. But if it's not, because he's, he's, his human side is coming out. If it's not, I don't even want to go. Like, and so. Then he says, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? He says, I want everybody coming at us to know, we with you. He says, is it not in that thou goest with us? He says, so shall we be separated, key word, so shall we be separated, I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. So shall we be separated, committed, devoted come out from among them be ye separated right and the lord said unto moses i will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace in my sight look he said it again he says and i know thee by name now now that word name there is a is is a it's a it's an appellation or a distinction right it's a mark of individuality it's a mark of character it's a mark of honor it's a mark of renown it's also a report. Your name represents who you really are. When he says, I know thee by name, he says, I know your distinctive mark. I see it. You're being what I designed you to be. You haven't compromised it. Your character, your honor, your renown, and your report. He says, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Just gone. Remember he did like what Abraham was like, oh, I know what Abraham's going to do. Can God say that about us, right? Can God say that about us? He says, and, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Y'all know the story where he says, well, if you see my face, you probably won't be able to live, but I'm gonna put you in the cleft of a rock and you'll be able to see my backside. So here you got Moses who's committed at a whole nother level. And again, going back to this, these two uh, classes, uh, merge going back to what we were saying earlier in the master life class, God under God God understands that's why he says don't be tricked by the devil's uh, the wiles of the devil he says all these things that are uh, that are set up these traditions these religions these activities uh education he said these things are part of the world, but when they start to exalt themselves when you go okay God i'll get to you once i once I uh, satisfy you know the uh the compliance to all these other things. So so, secularism. So we do things secularly and we justify them, but we'll invest more in them than we do God. So what are we saying to God? We're not committed, but we're looking for the benefits of commitment. We hype ourselves up and go, man, I just, man, I'm about to be blessed. No, you're just talking. I'm, I'm, I'm not being cold. I'm saying God. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth that he shall reap. Like God is not being tricked or fooled. And then we go, I don't understand God, but sometimes we'll reduce God down to our way of looking at how he should operate, Not what he's already laid out for you. It's like coming to the job. You sign on to the job, you sign a contract to the job, you commit to do the job. They give you a training pamphlet and you may glance to it, you may not read it. Then as things are going forward, they go, uh, I noticed you wasn't here on Saturday. Oh no, I don't, I don't do weekends. You got you got a twist. I, I never do weekends. Well, right here in the, in the in the information we gave you, you have to work every other weekend. Man, see y'all tripping, man. Ain't nobody trying to work no weekends, man. See something? No, 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 no. What? You signed on for this. You didn't read the manual. So everybody else is tripping. The manual clearly states how God operates, what he'll endorse, what he'll support, and how he'll come through. There's nothing in the manual that says you won't go through stuff. Read it. It says, I'll make a way of escape, you'll be able to bear it. It says, I'll work all things together for you good, for those who love the Lord and call according to and harmony with his purpose, locked in and committed and devout to his purpose. But it didn't say you won't go through, sir. It says count all joy and you fall into diverse temptations, different tests and trials, knowing this, the triumph of your faith. Work his patience. Let patience have its perfect work. You'll be perfectly tired, lack of nothing. But it didn't say that you won't be tempted. It didn't say that. So was, A lot of times I think we'd be looking at God like, what's this? I'm living right. What's this? This is your opportunity to apply all the stuff that you, you, that you learn. Did you read the man? Jesus! After God said, "This is my son, I'm well. I am. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased." The next thing to happen, he was in the wilderness. Now, imagine if Jesus operated like us. I mean, just walk through Jesus' life. He operated like us. So, so Jesus, how you doing? I just, uh, you know, uh, it's it's crazy down there. Satan went down there and and, and messed up the whole, you know, the whole scheme of things. He done brought darkness and void down on the face of the earth. Look, he done tricked Eve. Eve done tricked. uh, Adam. So what we need to do is, cause I, he playing checkers, but we playing chess. So what we need to do is, we need to get out ahead of him and redeem man. I would ask these angels, but really, <laughs> he's like, no problem, I got you, Dad. Get down there, you know, I'll redeem man. He said, listen, man, I'm not just gonna let you get down there. When you come back, you have all power <laughs> in heaven and earth. Don't even worry about it. I'm just gonna let you just go through stuff. I'm, I'm gonna reward you. Just go down there. Now, now it's going to be different. You're going to have to give up your power here. Go down there. Be as a man. And you're going to have to have faith and believe me for the manifestation of this power that you used to just flowing in. You're going to have to, like, talk to me, believe in me, stay connected with me, even though it's going to be a clouded world. So you're going to have to pierce through the darkness. You're still good with this. I mean, you're going to feel something you've never felt before called pain. Uh, At one point, it's not going to be for a long time, but at one point, you won't even sense my presence. It'll be like I'm not there. You I mean, I I know you've never experienced this before, so everything I'm telling you, you're probably like, okay, cool, no problem. But um, it's going to cost you. It's going to be anguishing. But you hold on to this thing that I've given them, but they don't realize how to use it. I'm giving it to you to show them how to use it. Faith should be fine. So imagine Jesus coming down and he gets a job as a carpenter. If it was us, oh, what did you just say? You have a carpenter position for me. Oh, you must have got it twisted. I made the wood, bro. I made the wood. Carpenter. Listen, do you check check your, your, your log. And I know I got like some type of temple position, um, some type of... King, president, something. There's got to be something wrong here. No, no. According to the manual, the vessel you'll be uh, uh, living in, carpenter. Okay, so it was like for a day or so, you know, just so I could show him my creativity. About 30 years. See, some of us, oh, see, we see, see, but but I'm purposed to, to change the world. That, the carpenter didn't stop him from changing the world. And, and, okay, so you go through that and, you know, you got, you, you, you are under tutors and governors to the point in time of the Father. People are trying to teach you, you Jesus, and you're like, these people have lost their mind. Don't they know who I am? Remember at 12, he was able to break it down with the, with, with the Pharisees and all of them at the temple. So imagine what Jesus is processing through. Then, now you get to the point where you, you, you get the fellas. You're with the fellas now. You got, you got your boys. And they pumping you up, you know. And everybody, Hosanna, Hosanna. Putting down the palms, Palm Sunday. Putting down the palms. You riding on donkeys, It's like winning the championship. Jesus, Jesus. Everybody, it's all hype. And right after that, you get betrayed by one of your boys. One of your, like, closest people. And now you, Jesus, you're like, now, I know I got all wisdom. Like, how could I have somebody that, how could I select somebody that will betray me? What, what's going on here? And then you get a picture when one of your times with God, oh, remember when I was telling you about what you was going to do down there? This is the time where you're going to be uh, crucified. Now, I done been on the earth and I've seen what crucifixion, cru- crucifixion looks like now. I've seen people on crosses hung and things of that nature. I've seen people beat in my years on this earth. And I'm like, okay, uh, now, If this is one of them tests, you know, like with Abraham and the ram, let this bitter cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Thy will be done. Nevertheless, I'm going to stay devoted. This seems a little much right now, what I'm about to do. I mean, this human body you gave me would like a, a relief, a way out, to not have to follow through with everything you But nevertheless, not my will, thy will, I'm devoted. I'm locked in. I'm in it. You don't have to worry. And he took it. He took the beatings. He took the scourging. He took the the, the stripes. He took the nails. He took it all. He took God leaving his presence. Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? I already told you I was leaving you when you came down in the first place. But it's like, is this what this feels like? Not in your presence. You you, you see that process? I just want to give you a, paint a picture for you. All right, so so we have this story. Uh, uh, we don't have to turn there, but uh, they'll they'll give you the scripture on the screen just in case you want to research it. Genesis 12, 1 through four, and um, that's the story of. Uh, Abraham, prayed to God, God uh, said, you know, uh, I need you to leave. Let's just read it. I think it's cool to read it, Genesis 12. I love this one. I saw it this way. We reference this all the time around here at the church. But uh, Genesis 12, uh, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, before he was uh, converted into Abraham, it says, Get thee out of thy country. Okay, get out of familiar. Remember we talked about the different traditions and systems earlier today? It says, And from thy kindred, that's family, and from thy father's house, right? It says, Unto a land that I will show thee. So, so I want you to leave familiar. It says, and I'll make thee a great nation, a great people. And I will bless thee, make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. See, we, wanna, we want our names great. We want to we be blessed. We want to be a blessing. He says, and I will bless them that bless thee. We will love that. And curse them that curse thee. Oh, yeah, I want that. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, key word, as the Lord has spoken unto him. He departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. So this is Abraham. At this point, the Kamash states this this passage. Kamash is a breakdown of the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And it breaks it down as when God was talking to him, he says, Abraham, you've been compliant to what we talked about earlier, to all the systems, what we talked about the religious system, we talked about the educational system. I should have left my master life book up here. We talked about the uh, religious, educational, what else? A value system, um, economic system. So all these these platforms and these systems that, you know, I got to do this because I'm an athlete. I do this because this is what the education people do. Well, I spent spend all this money for the degree. I gotta, I gotta walk in the swag of a degree. I gotta keep saying my name with the, with, with the attributes of the degree. So people know, hey, I got a degree. Um, so the, the Christ is not saying don't get a degree. What it's saying is it's not who you are. It's something you've done, right? So then, so, so, so what he was saying is Abraham, you've left Abraham was solid in, in the religious practice. He was very compliant to his family. I mean, to a point where he was taking care of his dad that was dying and he was taking care of his nephew, right? Because that was a part of their traditions. But when God said, leave your family, he was supposed to leave the nephew too. But see, sometimes the pressures of culture say, but that's your nephew. But God said, not Jimmy, uh, Rashid Nam, God said. See, it's a different. If, 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 if Jimmy and Rashid and them say, man, man, let's roll out, man, forget your nephew. That's different. God said something because God was saying, you've been faithful. You've been compliant. You've done everything. You've been faithful in that which is another man's. I want to give you your own. So, he placed a mantle of chosenness on him. That's what the Kamash calls it, a mantle of chosenness. So, at that point, now his compliance what he's playing off of is not the, the the things of the world or the traditions or the systems, cultures. He's playing off of God. His, his, his sole obedience is, is to God. God is his compliance. He's telling them, it's time for you to get your own, man. Time for you to go for yourself is what the Kamasa said. It's time for me to, hey, hey, you've been faithful? I'm about to, I, I need you to go for yourself. But see, some people have read that. And have heard it because I've taught and said, oh, I'm going for myself, but they ain't been faithful or devoted to nothing. This is, this is a devoted guy he's talking to. This, you don't have to guess and figure it out. This is a locked-in devoted guy, did nothing at his convenience, right? So, he was chosen to exclusive devotion to God. See, this is the thing so now he he's you, you got your call your commission and your commitment so your call is is when you're called to serve him you're called to serve him your commission is you're called to follow him your commitment you're called to pour out so serve him follow him and to pour him out empty out without reservation to be devoted to, to receiving all of God and pouring them out to everybody you encounter when you're committed. That's something I got we went to a j- retreat uh, quote by B- Billy Graham it says how can anyone serve Jesus and be alive at the same?'" The whole point is like, how can it be so much about you, your feelings, your offenses, who thought about you, who didn't think about you, who favored you, who didn't favor you, who offended you, and you serving Jesus. You're not considering you, you all in, right? Let's go to Philippians three, Philippians three. So, so divine devotion, is just a supernatural commitment. It's a supernatural commitment. And we're looking for some special things in a crazy time. And it's going to take uh, commitment. It's going to take devotion, a divine devotion. Sometimes we're wondering what's missing. It's devotion. So just for the sake of time, I'm going to read the Amplifier. For the sake of time, I'm going to read it out of the Amplifier. Uh, I'm reading verses 7 through 11, Philippians 3 seven to 11. And uh, yes, Trina, eventually we'll have, just like the people uh, that are watching and they can see the scriptures, eventually we'll have them on the screen. That that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a uh, I didn't get that from God. I got that from your husband. <laughs> All right, so I says, but whatever former of things uh, I had that I might have been, oh, I'm sorry but whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, so it could be uh, status, acquisitions, degrees, what have you, I've, I've come to consider as one combined loss for Christ. This so is whatever's gained to me, I have to consider all of them as one combined loss pricing. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege the overwhelmingly preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. This is for his sake, I have lost everything and considered it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win Christ that I may gain Christ, the anointed one. It says, and that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands. Uh, It says, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God, thus acquired. It says, "But uh, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. For my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, receiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power the power overflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share, this is the key, his sufferings. Right? So another scripture which which uh we'll reference here in a second, uh, that I may uh well, King James says to that I may share in the fellowship of his suffering. So his daily decrease, decreasing and emptying of self. His daily devotion, as to be continually transformed in the spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the in the hope that, if possible, I may attain to the spiritual moral resurrection that lifts me out from being the dead, even while in the body. And Ray was talking about that earlier. He was saying how he realizes it's about being all in. Uh, uh, Psalm one nineteen ten says. Talks about being wholeheartedly. We talked about that earlier. So, so being all in, he says, man, he said, he says, now I gotta be all in to a point like where well, I'm willing to die. Like, and see, so the thing is, but what he said, I want to get so, so, so deep, I haven't even stopped that dying to myself. I've got so deep, I've tapped into living in resurrection, even though I'm in the body. <laughs> like, so I'm allowing Christ. Twice to, to resurrect me. I, so I, I, I do a teaching. I did a teaching in a ministry school, but we've done it here. We'll do it again on spiritual authority. And one of the things uh, that we talk about is this, this is the challenge with ministry. People are always looking for the, the sweet one-liner and the flavor and stuff like that. And they'll go, this person's dynamic, that t- the person's dynamic. And listen, people can motivate you all day. Some people are very inspiring. And there's nothing wrong with being inspired. Nothing wrong with exhorting and stuff like that. But that's not what changes lives. The power of God does. And so people get changed when they hear what you heard, what was resurrected out. So you've buried yourself in the presence of God. So you're dead. You can't come out unless his power takes you out. And so When you step out of the presence of God, out of that resurrection from dying to yourself, what's communicated out of your mouth at that point is what pierces the heart of man. But if you've been in self the whole time in his presence, thinking about self, presenting yourself worried about self, worried about what people think about self, God's going to get something totally different. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's what what we get out of resurrection. Resurrection. So the scripture says in 1 Peter 4, 13, and we don't have to turn there, but it talks about being partakers into Christ's suffering, partakers into Christ's suffering. That's Christ's devotional abandonment of self. He devoted himself in abandoning him so God could be all. So this is the thing in reality, devotion can be lonely. Because it ain't a crowd in the devotion line. Tell you that much right now. There's a lot of people in the line, but you ain't going to find them in compromise. You got to keep pressing down the road to connect with, all the, with the other devoted. You got to leave the crowd to connect with the other greatness. Right? <laughs> so, so I was thinking through uh, uh, There's a passage in Genesis 45, verses 1 through 7 um and it's you know somebody talked about that this uh, Isaac he talked about uh the story of Joseph and so if you look, think about Joseph's story Joseph knew what he was purposed to do when he was young now he 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 got zealous and revealed it and ended up going through some stuff but through each of these stages of pain and testing that he went through Something had to keep it. to be to, to be dealing with what's unfair. Like some of us, at the first sign of being treated unfair or things not going our way, we bailed out on God. We've bailed out on our commitment. We've bailed out on our vitality. We told ourselves, I'm justified to compromise because it didn't go my way. When you didn't keep going to see it going to the way that was going to be more fulfilling than your way. Right? And so, 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 here, Joseph had these opportunities, but what I was thinking through, um, even when he got in position, brothers did him wrong, if you remember. Brothers did him wrong. They had to come back, and the dream played out. They had to bow down to him. Now, some of us, we'd have been like, uh, so now what was y'all saying? Were y'all trying to put me in that pit? Y'all, y'all would never bow down to me? Come on, I can't hear you. What was you saying? Reuben, you awfully quiet over there, big brother. I can't hear you, Reuben, Judah, you ain't got no praise. No, he didn't do that. He blessed them secretly. He still waited until God approved him revealing them. He didn't reveal himself right away. Read the story. You know what type of devotion it takes to wait on God's timing to be revealed. Right? <laughs> See, see, Joseph had learned a lesson from his premature exposure when he was young. He learned a lesson when he had told that dream. So this is the thing, man, to live in devotion, uh, it's, 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 it's pain is, is a part of it. Just like when God told Jesus, you're gonna experience some pain. Um, pain is a very real for those who serve the Lord and have devoted themselves to the finishing the course into running the race. Distance. It's very real. But some of us think that pain is not a part of the process. Yeah. But, but for athletics, guess what? No pain, no gain. In our purpose in our life, what's this pain stuff, God? Well, I don't know. This is, forget this then. But if we're trying to get buffed or we're trying to run fast or we want to make the team, Pain is a part of it, and oh, okay. So, so I'd be using sports a lot. If we want to find the right relationship, look at the pain we take ourselves through. Look at how many times people have played and betrayed us. Well, I'd use me. You know, maybe I have ain't been played and betrayed. I get played and b- played and betrayed, and be like, okay, I'm going in again. You know, <laughs> I'm looking for Melanie. You know, so I have to keep, you know, <laughs> risking heartbreak. <laughs> right? You understand know what I'm saying? I'm saying? Like, like we, t- pain's okay. For us to get what we want. Well, pain's not okay for God to get what he designed you to. Do. Come on, man. It's a part of the process, man. And guess what? Silent pain is sometimes the most difficult. And a lot of times others don't see or get it, get the pain that you're 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 holding on to or you're tolerating because they're intoxicated by their emotions or the lust of now. So a lot of times you could, you, you it's just like when you grow as a family. Uh, hey, hey, Peter didn't get it. Remember? Jesus was like, okay, well, you know, I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave y'all. No, master! He said, man, he said, get behind me, Satan. You savor the things that be of men, not the things that be of God. He says, you don't even get it. He said, because Jesus was was intoxicated in the lust of now. He couldn't see the silent pain Jesus was okay with embracing because of the glory that was set before. And so a lot of times when you're climbing up that road, people can't see your silent pain. And they don't understand why you don't react this way. Why you don't take that person out? Why are you tolerating that? Well, can't you see that? Hey, they probably sitting at that table and go, oh, so really we're going to let Judas do this, right? But they couldn't see What Jesus had to go through, devoted to God, letting the plan play out. He had to let himself be betrayed, crucified, to get greater power and be in a greater position to help a greater people. How many of us are letting ourselves be betrayed, crucified? Man, can't nobody get away with nothing. If they twist their face at you, oh, so you're going to twist your face at me? Oh, so you can't even tolerate that. You can't give that a pass. You done left the presence of God because they twist their face. Oh, so you, uh, I think about you all the time. You're going to call me on my birthday. So what? Let, man, hey, can we just let some stuff go? For the greater good. You see what I'm saying? Like, stay devoted. Try devotion. Oh, my God, you'll love it. Stuff just starts attacking you. St- devote, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Lock in on that thing. What is like a, a bulldog on a stake or something? Well, I don't know. Y'all had all these phrases. <laughs> uh, I'm, probably, I'm from the city, so I don't, you know I don't have I don't, I don't have those lines. But y'all knew what I meant, right? <laughs> man, lock in on this thing, man. So, so, so we we'll, we'll, we got we got to get out of here. Just, just consider this. You, you might just have to step back and say, man, I'm going to have to embrace how, God, how far God is sending me away from familiarity. Um, but I want you to ask yourself, God sending you away from familiarity, are you resistant? And um, then ask yourself this: Are we really devout? Are we really devoted? Totally, to be devout means to be totally committed to a cause of belief. Are we really devout, right? Uh, I'm, I'll share this because I got this from Bishop Boone. Uh, we may be versed, gifted, hardworking, but are we devout? Are we committed to what God wants us to do uh, regardless of what's coming at? Us, all right? Even if it's, well, we talked about a deceptive pressure. All right? So uh, let's let's let stand on our feet and pray. Cause I'm gonna be transitioning through a lot. Transitioning to being here by myself. Now I got to transition to being here with people here and online. So.